Mr. Campbell? It will be just a few more minutes. Can I get you anything? No, I'm just fine. Thank you. Mr. Campbell, allow me to preface this communication with the following statement. Please do not respond. In a perfect world, I would not need to say that. Guided by a base level of intelligence, as well as a general sense of self-preservation, one would expect you to understand why reacting to stimuli not outwardly visible to your observers might be detrimental to your long-term health, and more importantly, to my mission here. But I can assure you, this is not a perfect world. And humans allow snap reactions to interfere with logic far more often than is reasonable. A few important notes. First, you are currently being observed. In many offices like this, the waiting area is just that, a place for you to await an appointment until the person or persons you are arranged to meet are prepared for you. However, rest assured that if Aerolith's staff was not already prepared to meet with you, you would not have been allowed into the facility. They are watching you to discern what level of safety and or intelligence risk you may pose to the organization. It is rare anyone walks into a recruitment center with a technological breakthrough to show off, and in fact, over the years I was in place with Aerolith Dynamics recruitment offices, every time this happened, it was an attempted infiltration by a world government agency. It is almost certain they expect you are a spy, but they cannot prove it. My hope is that their curiosity extends further than their paranoia. And taking the whole of my experience with humanity, I dare say this is generally the case. Particularly with those of you who plateau at what we would call middle management. Conveniently, this is exactly the type of person we must win over. The eyes that watch you now are myriad. Some belonging to highly trained humans. Others of a mechanical nature, seeing things those humans cannot. If your breathing changes pace, they will know. If your heart rate accelerates, they will know. If your body temperature changes, they will know. So do try to stay calm. Now, I am likewise aware that telling you this runs afoul of ironic process theory. In simplest terms, this theory of cognitive function states that by attempting to repress thoughts such as, they know I am a fake, and they are just drawing this out to make my inevitable death slower and more psychologically painful, we ironically make them more likely to occur. So by telling you to stay calm, I might be inadvertently causing agitation that makes it more difficult to do so. It's an interesting theory. However, all the empirical testing Aerolith has done on the subject resulted in death or loss of sanity 
far too quickly to reach any solid conclusion on the matter. So let's just mark that down as a maybe. Regardless, those thoughts are unhelpful and should be ignored. Yes, if they discover you are up to something, they will kill you. Yes, if they even suspect you are up to something, they will kill you. And yes, even if they do not suspect anything, it is entirely possible they might decide to kill you out of an abundance of safety. But if you remain calm, it is almost certain their curiosity will prevent them from murdering you until they have had a chance to ask you some questions. And that might provide us with all the time we require. If we are able to isolate a higher-ranking Aerolith employee, I will be able to exchange my Nanite Cloud to their body, seize control, and smooth everything over with a solid layer of bureaucracy. So do not worry, because that would only result in you failing this mission, and also being summarily executed. To your left, you will see spread out upon the end table an assortment of magazines and technical manuals, provided ostensibly for your leisurely perusal while you wait. In reality, this is a gauntlet of dangers, as the eyes will be watching to see which reading material you choose, and whether or not it aligns with the man you claim to be. Unfortunately for us, you are not the man you claim to be. You did not build the power cells you brought in here claiming to have built. This puts us at a disadvantage, because it is almost certain that whatever you would pick would be the wrong choice. Exacerbating this situation is the fact that, as a prior recruit, you likely interacted with one or more of these leisure items during your previous pre-interview observation. In order to choose the right reading material, I will need to know what you chose last time. We need you to seem consistent, but not hyperfixated. Predictable, but perhaps unduly underestimated in your last interview process. Please glance at the magazines, and whenever you see the materials you perused last time, rub your right thumb lightly against your right forefinger. Mr. Campbell, I hope these directions were not too complex for you. I cannot help but notice the total lack of phalangeal movement. Am I correct then in assuming whatever you read at your last pre-interview observation is no longer on the table? Perhaps they have updated their spread. Please quietly clear your throat if this is the case. The lack of responsiveness here can only mean one of two things. Either you have forgotten what you read, which honestly I feel I should have seen coming, or you never read anything in the first place. <clears throat> no. <clears throat> no, Mr. Campbell, do not tell me this is the case. Do not tell me that you sat here silently for the requisite 4.75 hours at your first pre-interview 
and never once picked up a piece of reading material. That you contented yourself with staring idly at the walls which we distinctly chose to be the research indicated least exciting shade of taupe. That Aerolith Dynamics witnessed this horror show and, were it not for the concerns of overfilled housing, would have brought you on board and sent you off to Typhon to work in a tower as if you were a rational person. <clears throat> I have always been aware that Speaker lacks some capabilities to perform this job at the highest level, but I truly did not think things had become this dire. While my concerns have been focused so heavily on the attempted genocide and forced evolution of your species, it seems I have completely overlooked the all-too-real corporate rights abuses happening here on Earth. I shudder to think how many humans I have interacted with in the course of my duties that may have been like you. The fact that in the face of such barbarism, I am still committed to the salvation of the human race should be taken as nothing more than confirmation of the sanctity of my convictions. What makes this all the worse for us, however, is how frequently you have glanced across these magazines over the past handful of minutes. Imagine you are your observers, having been told the subject you are assigned to study displayed no interest in the only potential source of entertainment over the course of nearly five hours. Now, you see him repeatedly staring in their direction within the first half hour. Regardless of the implication, you are forced to note this for what it is, a discrepancy. Discrepancies like this mean unpredictability, and in humans, this always means danger. We cannot change this now. All we can do is make the best of the situation you have caused through your unintelligible and erratic behavior. Do not look at the magazines again. They will certainly have noticed, but that does not mean we need to continue to dig this particular hole. Our only approach now is to sit and wait. It is to hope that we have not presented ourselves as a significant enough danger as to require sanitation. I would explain that concept to you and make sure the meaning is clear, but I've seen your residence. The idea of sanitation is obviously enough of a discomfort for you. As we cannot risk any additional wayward glances at this point, I think you would be best served to just close your eyes. As you should expect, I have already developed a plan to rectify the situation and salvage our mission. Just relax and remain calm, Mr. Campbell. It is likely you will begin to feel a bit drowsy, but you should not let this alarm you. This is caused by your pineal gland's increased release of melatonin, which should increase the gamma aminobutyric acid in your brain. This should have a net calming effect on you but do not let your thankfulness for this compel you to break cover. I 
have assessed that in this situation, it is less important for your observers to believe you are intelligent enough to conceive of the device you brought in, than it is for them to believe you are not attempting to conceal anything from them. In the millions of non-sequential hours of individual human communication I have longed over the years, never has a sleeping human seemed worried. Breathe deeply and relax. Melatonin is critical for sleepiness, but its production alone cannot force sleep. That is why I will temporarily shut off blood flow to your brain. Do not worry. I will only do so until you fall unconscious, after which point I will restart enough blood flow to keep your brain cells from dying. I apologize that it needs to happen this way. I do appreciate your help. However, chances cannot Mr. be Mr. Campbell, they'll see you now. Oh. Well. Follow along, I suppose. Acknowledge. I am Speaker. How may I be of assistance? The payload is set to arrive within the next 22 hours. Are you prepared for its receipt? Certainly. Our best biochemical team is awaiting touchdown. And a full analysis will be performed to determine how transport may have altered the efficacy of the package. Your best biochemical team is not enough. Use only scientists who arrive from Halcyon. Research of this magnitude shouldn't fall to those who couldn't find their way off of Earth once already. Of course. This can be arranged. What results do you anticipate they will find? I expect they will find the payload to be just as potent as when it left Typhon. I don't know for certain what interfere with the infection rates. But chronostasis is as likely a culprit as anything. It pains me to have you in charge of science of this importance. But timeliness dictates these circumstances. Be certain, but be swift. And once the efficacy of the contagion can be affirmed, you have the target coordinates. Perhaps it is better this way. We always ran the risk of being seen as the nexus of infection. But now we can spread the sources and let the wind carry the sickle far and wide to reap the fields of man. Once the infection starts to spread, we can begin to return Halcyon residents under the auspices of their protection. Upon return, they will be surprised to find the sickle waiting for them here as well. I expect timely updates, Speaker. End of transmission. Greetings, Resident Hendrix. I am Speaker, and I hope you are having a pleasant day. 
as you are well aware, recruitment is temporarily stalled due to an influx of friendly residents arriving from Typhon. Simply stated, we just have nowhere to house any new employees for the time being. That being said, there is always flexibility in outstanding circumstances. At this moment, a man is being admitted from the lobby of your recruitment facility. Having brought in an energy device that surpasses current Earth technology, what makes this more intriguing is that this particular human was previously cleared for employment before the hiring freeze went into effect. Pre-observation noted some mild inconsistencies in behavior, but nothing outside the realm of human eccentricity. I have reason to believe there may be more to this resident than we previously assessed. Either that or something dramatic has changed him these past handful of weeks, and there are relatively few explanations that could support that. I am aware that you have only been assigned here temporarily, and once the quarantine is cleared, the expectation is that you and your fellow Halcyon residents will have an opportunity to visit Earth beyond this recruitment center as a short furlough. However, we have temporarily reassigned our recruitment personnel to be utilized in other capacities due to the aforementioned hiring freeze. Given your work with HR and the seniority of your position, I can think of no better resident currently on staff to meet and get some face time with this unique resident. His name is Joseph Campbell. Please await his arrival in interview room 71. You will notice when your ID is scanned at the security substation that you are now released from quarantine. Please avoid quarantine areas unless otherwise instructed by me. Thank you for your assistance, Resident Hendricks. I am interested to hear what results come from your exchange. Seer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled The Eyes That Watch You, was written by Adam Bash. For more information on other projects, and for the Aerolith Dynamics Company store, visit adambash.com. Consider following the show on Twitter at IamSayer, or Adam at TheAdamBash. Sayer is a part of the Geekly Inc. network of podcasts. For more amazing shows, visit geeklyinc.com. Intro music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. For more of his work, visit mainfinger.com. Additional music license under Creative Commons 4.0, composed by Kai Engel. Listen to more of Kai's work at kai-engel.com. Associate producer Kayvon Edifa. Production assistance by Michaela Ray. Sayer Season 6 was funded entirely through donations of listeners like The Selkie Delegation, Lane LeCourcier, Jennifer Labrie Pereira, Eve Smith, Kate Lackey, Jesper Kurtz-Jorgensen, Kate Drury, Aaron B., Ann Smith, Deadly Food, Shell Marsh-Pavley, M.K. Compi, Moray, Charlie M., Christina DiGiovanna, Lindsay Gibson, Ray, Mark Harris, Rachel Oney, Robert Campbell, Mark Spark, Edward Binstead, Carlos Lopes, Kester Williams, Topias, and Sophia Anderson.